Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's May Day 2020, May 1st. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we're talking Chiefs because the Chiefs are talking. Patrick Mahomes spent time with reporters, and among the topics he covered was his reaction to the team picking up the fifth year option on his contract and his communication with former teammate Alex Smith through Smith's ordeal with the gruesome injury that he suffered in 2018. By the way, that injury suffered while uh, quarterbacking Washington Redskins is a subject of an ESPN documentary tonight at 6.30 p.m. You do not want to miss this. I've seen it. You don't want to miss it. So well done by ESPN. After a break, we'll hear from Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the offensive lineman who's a doctor and working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Five years ago, I wrote a story about LTD being the most interesting man in the NFL. And that's before he ever played an NFL game. He gets more interesting by the year. And the story of his current situation, working out for the Chiefs on a virtual basis while combating the pandemic near his native Montreal, it's just fascinating. He's been assigned to a long-term care facility there. Star columnist Vahe Gregorian is working on a column about LTD that will be posted online today and I believe will appear in Sunday's editions of the Kansas City Star, so please look for it. Okay, here we go with Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. All right, man, we're going to kick this thing off and just uh, start with questions. Uh, So Pete Sweeney, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Hey, Pat, thanks for taking some time. I, I had a question regarding the, the Chiefs' top pick, uh, Clyde. Uh, it, it was going around um, all throughout draft weekend how Brett had contacted you and, and your first name that came to your mind was Clyde. And I was wondering, um, why him and what do you like about his game? Do you think that could uh, make the Chiefs' offense even better for the 2020 season? Yeah, I think the the, the first thing that, that stood out about Clyde was um, when – when the competition and the games got bigger, it seemed like he, he played better. And I, I always love guys that can rise to the competition. And whenever you're on the biggest stage, you play your best football and, and, and you rise up and, and compete with your team. So that was the first thing that, that stood out to me as I watched the college football playoff and at the end of the college football season. And then the way he's able to, to catch the ball in the backfield but still be, be able to run tough between the tackles, uh, you can tell he's a, a high-character guy. He loves football. And so for me uh, – he asked me, and obviously I wanted to, to add to the offense, uh, obviously to help me out and, and to help our team out. And so uh, Clyde was the, the first name that came to mind. And, the, and I know we have a great running back room already. So I think it, just him bringing, it, bringing him in, uh, I know he'll fit right in and he'll, he'll compete and we'll be able to bring the best out of each other in every single position group and, and go out there and play our best football hopefully this next season. Okay, let's go to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. What's going on there, Patrick? Um, you're not only an athlete, but one of the biggest sports fans all of us uh, all of us know. I'm just wondering what what this has been like for you with with no sports to watch, no NCAA tournament, NBA down, everything. What's it been like? How how, how different? How weird has it been like for you? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been weird. I mean, I like you said, I've watched every single sporting event. I try to go to as many as possible, and I plan on going to different games and doing all type of different stuff. Um, but it, it's been different for sure, but I've, I've kind of gotten around it. I, I've loved what ESPN and all these different networks have done with showing past games, showing games that uh, I'd kind of forgotten about or I was too young to really comprehend the magnitude of what was going on. 
And so for me, it's uh, it, it's been cool to, to see that. And then other than that, it's been a lot of Netflix with Britney. And so we've I've got to catch up on all the different shows, watch Ozarks, I've watched Westworld, I've watched about to start the Outer Banks show. I've literally caught up on everything on Netflix. Okay, go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Patrick, how you doing, man? I hope you're doing well. Doing good. Hey, uh, Clark Hunt last week during the draft had, had mentioned uh, what it feels like now to be the hunted. And I'm curious as the Super Bowl MVP and, and the repeating champion here, what's it like for you knowing, especially considering how the AFC West loaded up and the Ravens loaded up, and it seems like they have the Chiefs in mind, but like, what's your mentality knowing that the competition is really coming at you? Yeah, I think the last couple of years we've kind of we've kind of seen that that change. Uh, at least since I've been here, I think with with what Alex did and the the back to back AFC West championships before I, I came in, and then in my first year going to a, to the AFC Championship game, you you realize that teams have really studied your game plan, studied how you how you attack the football field, and and try to have different ways to combat that that they don't play against with other teams. And so for us, it's kind of coming in with that mindset of being prepared for everything. Uh, making sure you really go into detail in the scouting reports and everything like that because you know you're going to get the best effort and, and the best change-up change of every single team. And so for us, we, we've seen what the other teams in our division have been doing, and we understand that they're trying to come out there and uh, compete, against, compete against us and try to take the crown for us. So it's about us uh, getting better uh, within ourselves so that we can go out there and play our best football when it comes, when it comes down to it. Uh, let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, thanks for doing this. I have a two-part question. Um, the first part is in regards to the possibility of you signing maybe an extension uh, before training camp. How, you know, Brett Veach mentioned that it's sort of important that the team maybe handle that before training camp starts. For you, how important is it to get that sort of uh, completed so that you can get, you know, focused back on football? And then my second part is, you know, being one of the leaders on the team when not being able to see everybody because of the pandemic, how have you tried to demonstrate leadership in this, you know, unusual time? Yeah, with the with the first part, I mean, for me, I think I've been in a unique situation where I've grown up getting to see a lot of guys go through contracts and, and doing a lot of different things and having an understanding of how it all works. Uh, for me, obviously, you want to – I want to be a chief for a long time. I, I want to have a contract that, that, that says that and that I can – go out there and, and know that I have that security and everything like that. But I, I understand and trust the chiefs organization and everybody in it, that they're going to handle it the right way. I trust my representation that they're going to let me have ease my mind and let me go out there and, and just lo love the game that I've loved playing. And so for me, whenever that happens, uh, it, it happens, but uh, I'm going to focus on being the best football player I could be every single day. Um, and then to that second part, uh, I think, the best thing about this team is that we have a lot of leaders in this team and I always say it, but uh, with, with everything going on, uh, I, I can really trust that those guys are going to get out there and put that work in. Uh, we have a group message with me and all the tight ends and all the receivers um, that, that we talk a lot and we talk about what we're doing uh, on and off the field, but you're able to kind of keep each other accountable uh, by doing that. And then uh, I've texted the running backs and I've texted the guys, uh, a lot of the offensive linemen and, and you kind of stay in touch and see what they're doing. And so it's been different, obviously. Um, but I think with having the, the, the leaders we have on our team, having the veterans on our team, it's been, it's been good for us that we've been able to kind of just go out there self-motivated to go out there and be the best, the best team. Cause we want to go out there and make a run at it this next season. And so whenever that happens, we're going to be ready to go. Uh, let's go to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. 
Hey, Patrick, just uh, curious about your training and kind of how you're going about your day-to-day in this situation. Kind of run us through kind of what you can do, who's there, kind of what you're, you know, compared to your normal offseason. And then also, as you and Andy like to try to add new things, how do you guys go about that portion of it as well? Do you have like a whiteboard behind you? Like, how do you guys break this stuff down? Yeah, so uh, as far as training goes, uh, it helps out that my girlfriend's like an at-home fitness guru. So she, she actually writes up a lot of the workouts that I was doing before we got to, to these off-season training things. And so uh, her, my trainer in, in, in Dallas, and then uh, uh, Coach Rubes, our, our trainer with the Chiefs, have all kind of put together these, these workout plans for me to make sure that I'm getting what I need. Um, and then, uh, I'm actually got lucky enough that I was already before this happened, I'd already started putting in a weight room in my house. And so I have a lot of the equipment already uh, at the house and able to do it, utilize a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, um, what was the second part of your question? I forgot about that. It was, uh, just as you and Andy try to implement new things that you can talk to each other about the playbook and do different things offensively. How do you kind of break it down? I know some quarterbacks have whiteboards behind them and they can do different things sharing a screen how do you guys go through that process yeah we actually uh with the different i don't think it's not zoom but it's another type of virtual meeting uh, program that we have they're able to share stuff and we're able to go through just like in any other uh meeting and they they show us different plays they send me stuff uh kind of on my own and coach reed's uh uh good about that of just keep keep asking me kind of what what i like and what i don't like and everything like that and so I mean, it, it hasn't stopped at all. I feel like we were getting in the exact same amount of work we would be if we were in the facility as far as those meetings go. And so um, I, we have a good staff with, with Kafka, uh, Coach Bien-Ami, uh with Coach Reed, who are always being innovative. And uh, I know Coach Reed's going to have more and more stuff as we, we keep going. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, uh, you and your teammates have done so much for the community during all these crazy times. Uh, I'm just curious, what's it mean to you that you can use your platform to help people that are uh, facing struggles because of this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's awesome. I think the uh, what, what Tyree did of kind of igniting igniting everybody to give back to the Harvesters uh, organization and, and the Kansas City community was awesome. It was something that I was, I was trying to find the best way to do, and then he, he kind of started it, and it kind of spiraled through the whole entire team, and we were able to really go out there and help the community. And it hasn't stopped there. I mean, guys are doing whatever they can and, and using their platform, using the things that they've gotten and that the community has given to them to give back. And so um, obviously we're not in the uh, times that we want to be in. Uh, we want to be out there uh, playing football and, and living life, being outside, doing whatever it is. Um, but we're going to do whatever we can to come together, face the adversity, just like a football team would do. Uh, we're going to do that at a bigger scale with the world and uh, go out there and fight it so that we come out on the other side and, and, and we're able to enjoy it together. Let's go to Adam Tasha. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Pat. Um, you know, that TV special on Alex Smith and his injuries tonight, I was wondering, since he left the Chiefs, what your communication has been with him, and particularly since his injury? Yeah, we actually we, – we talk probably every – two or three months at a time, we'll text and have a few conversations. Mostly it's about how the, how the families are doing. Um, I mean, building that relationship that I had with him for years, seeing him every single day and then getting to go out to eat with his family uh, and then hit him with mine. I mean, it, it, it's, we built a great relationship and obviously I, I knew a lot of the stuff that was going on as far as the surgeries and, and when, when he had had the infection and everything like that. And, uh, 
but I think the perspective of seeing the actual pitchers even even makes it even more uh, more uh, more magnitude to me. Um, but you knowing the person and the attitude that he has, uh, I can see how he's already made so much more improvement because he because he has the mindset of of going out there and being the best person he can be every single day. And so um, I've talked to him a couple times. I talked to him after the Super Bowl. He congratulated me and everything like that. He was one of the first text messages that I got. I mean, that's just the type of guy he is. And so um, I think he's doing really well right now. And I, I can only imagine the, the progress that he will continue to make as, as he keeps, keeps, getting, keeps getting after it every single day. Let's go to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, obviously, like, Super Bowl teams don't repeat often, right? They don't win a lot the next year. I'm just wondering if you've studied that, if you have a theory for that. And, and also, Andy, on the call just before – said he doesn't think the offense is near as good as it can be. What do you think he means by that? Yeah, I mean, I think as as a team, I think a lot of the times of uh, when you win that Super Bowl, you you, you kind of relax because you feel like you've done you've done it. You've, you've went out there and accomplished your goal, and, and you, you relax for that little bit of the offseason. But I think with our team, uh, the little bit of difference I feel like we have is it feels like every single guy on our team once we won the Super Bowl was like, well, we definitely celebrated for about a week or two, and then after that, it was it was that mindset of we're going to get back after it. Uh, we want to do this again. We, we're bringing all these guys back. Uh, we're bringing uh, the uh, most of our crew back, and we're, we're we're excited for the opportunity to go out there and compete again. And I think uh, having the that mindset will hopefully keep us from uh, relaxing or anything like that. And uh, uh, I think that that's why teams don't don't repeat. And it's such a hard lead. There's so much turnover. Uh, that it's hard to get that same spark and make that same run. But I feel like we have a good chance of at least preparing ourselves to be ready to do that. And so I'm excited for the, for that opportunity. Uh, what was your second question one more time? Yeah. And Andy had said he didn't think that the offense got, you know, was near as good as it could be last year. What, what do you think he meant by that? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it starts with me. I think uh, there was times last year where I was kind of scrambling and trying to make the big play happen whenever the, the plays underneath were there. Um, and then, and then I think as, as a, as a unit, we, we saw a lot of different coverages than we had seen the year before. And we were, we were trying to run the plays and hit those deep shots, but teams were playing a lot of very deep coverage. And so I think just being able to find that balance kind of like I do as a, at the, at the quarterback position of when to, to, to run the route this way or when to run the route this way, or if you can't beat them over the top, find a way to get someone else open, uh, is something that we'll, we'll continue to work on. And, uh, defenses will continue to throw us different coverages and different things. But if we can progress and and really become amazing at the fundamentals, then all the special talent that we have everywhere uh, will really show when it when it needs to, uh, and that we'll be able to take this this offense and this team to the next level. All right, guys. I know we got lots of hands up here. We've got time for a couple more. Uh, we're going to go Sarin, and then we'll BJ Kissel. You can close us out. Go ahead, Sarin. I uh, thank you, Patrick, for the uh, time. Um, I know you talked about uh, speaking with Coach Reed uh, um, and, and Brett Beach about uh, running backs and, and you're you know into the whole how to make the team better. Mm-hmm. Salary cap, right? That's one of the things that all the fans are looking at, whether it's Track or over the cap and uh, with an extension, you know, kind of due for you coming up and then Chris Jones having the franchise tag. Uh, people, that's one of their big conversations. How's it all going to fit? Do you get into that kind of minutia? Do you, do you look at the cap and are you playing – armchair GM like so many fans are on how to make it fit so you can get everybody back in there and then as a, as a follow-up if you could just explain uh just on the run game like you mentioned Clyde Edwards Hilaire how being able to run the ball makes everything work better for you guys even when you're throwing the ball yeah uh well first off with the salary cap uh that 
obviously I look at, look at stuff like that. Uh, I look at different things as far as uh, how, how we can keep all these guys around, uh, keep all these great playmakers that we have on this team. Uh, um, and so, but at the same time, it, it's a thing where I let it kind of handle itself. Um, we, uh, there's different ways you can maneuver and do different things in order to keep all the best players around. And I think we have a great organization that is really in tune with that and, and understands that we have what we have here and how many great f- football players we have and that we want to keep as many as possible. And hopefully all of them, if we can, to, to go out there and make a run at this thing again. Um, and then, uh, as as far as the the with the running back and running backs and Clyde and all those guys, I mean, I think uh, if you look at when when we had we had Damian rolling uh, and he was healthy and and how much he really uh, expanded our game our our team and the way he was able to play in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl and and how he was able to kind of uh, take our offense to the next level. Uh, I think uh, in any any offense you have to have that running game uh, to to really to take it over the top and so to have him. Um, getting uh, Daryl Williams back, uh, getting uh, Darwin Thompson more and more accustomed to the to, to the offense, and then uh, letting him letting him kind of get more and more ingrained, and then adding Clyde and adding DeAndre. I think we're gonna have a lot of great running backs that really care and really want to put in put in the work to 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 be the best. And I, I I've always believed in competition brings the best out of everyone, and so for. For me, it's about going out there, uh, letting those guys eat. I mean, all those guys can run, all those guys can catch, all those guys can block, and so it, it's a it's it's a it's a luxury for me to have guys like that in the backfield who uh, are going to go out there and and compete every single day. All right, DJ, close out. Uh, Patrick, again, appreciate your time. Just with this virtual environment and the way that you guys are going through these virtual meetings, and and Coach and Brett have talked about in the past, getting guys who love football to be a part of this. As you're in this environment, how can this kind of weed out, I guess, in some ways, teams and players that aren't necessarily as bought in as you guys? Just how does having the right kind of guys who love football and love, you know, the process in this kind of environment, just another added benefit for the way that this roster has been constructed? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've said it. I mean, when you have, when you have this different uh, scenario where you have to kind of I don't want to say adversity with everything going on, but it's, I mean, it's an adverse situation because it's not the same as you would usually have and where you're able to kind of go in and and hold each other accountable because you can see everybody all day long pretty much. Now it's about who loves football, who loves the the progress and who wants to get better every single day. I mean, uh, Coach Reed's trusting us to to go out there and and be the best person that we could be in order to help the team. And so I feel like the guys that we have understand that, understand that they don't want to, just win one Super Bowl. They want to make a run at this thing again. They want to play the best football every single year that they can. And uh, when you have guys like that, you can trust that they're going to be working out every single day. They're going to be preparing themselves, not only in the, the two-hour, four-hour, whatever window it is to to learn with the coaches, but to take that stuff home with them, uh, study that stuff at night whenever they got their own free time. Um, and, and when you have guys that love football, you, you understand that you're going to have people that – We'll take that stuff home, do that extra work in order to prepare themselves to be ready for whenever the season comes. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. 
Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Larry, I remember from uh, talking with you you about your medical degree and your choices having to do with that, that when you were at McGill to balance all your studies and so on, you had to sleep in the locker room and wake up, go to practice and such like that. So now you're on the front lines with the COVID stuff and going through this virtual off season. Does it remind you uh, of those times? And how do you think that those times may help you as you're, you're kind of diving right back into this? I mean, you know, I think every healthcare professional, especially medical student, you know, you, you work long hours, uh, especially when you're learning. Uh, and and uh, I remember, you know, back in like 2013, 14, 15, when I was doing both at the same time, it was, uh, it was really hectic. But uh, now I think it's a, it's a totally different mindset. You know, I'm, I'm here more, you know, to help, to support, to contribute in that time of crisis. And, uh, and, and you know, what goes through my mind is more like, how can I first protect myself, care for the patient? protect the patient as well and, and doing all that while of course like trying to assist to as much virtual training as I can and, and work out on my home back home. Uh, let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, doctor. Um, you wrote a little bit about how that you're involved with the committee on advising the NFL and just how to proceed going forward. Just curious, you know, what is your take about how, you know, you feel like that the NFL should proceed when you think it would be safe for everyone to get back? And, you know, do you think you're going to be able to play a full season? Well, you, you know what, for me, I, I see that more as a privilege to be able to sit on that committee, you know, the task force from the NFLPA. And, and there's many committee that both the NFLPA and the NFL has put in place in order to like kind of evaluate what's going on, you know, and you know, I'm not an expert, you know, I, I'm sitting on that call. There's people from like Stanford, Harvard that study epidemiology and public health. So I, I'm, I'm there to learn and, and maybe, give a little bit of my perspective as a player, but uh, I, don't want, I don't want to comment on what's going to happen. You know, for sure, there, there, there's plenty of scenario right now, plenty of different strategy in place, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. You know, and, uh, and, and I think that the number one thing is for sure to keep the players safe, but I think the NFL in general has also um, a responsibility towards their, the community and their fans, so making sure that we're not becoming like a vector of propagation for that virus. So, so there's a lot of questions. And, and like I said, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how, how that's going to evolve in the next few weeks, months. Uh, all right, let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Larry, I hope you're doing well up there. Um, I wanted to ask you if you could maybe detail in, in brief um, what exactly you're doing there. And, and also, um, how do you justify the, the tremendous personal risk you're taking here um, by, by doing this? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, right right now. I'm, I'm working quote unquote as a as an orderly. Um, I, I, it was kind of the easiest status to to give me because I'm I'm kind of in a gray zone, you know. Uh, having graduated with my doctorate in medicine, but I'm not in a residency program, so it was kind of hard to be like I jump in as a physician because I, I I'm not really at at, at this uh, specific time. So uh, the the help that the the healthcare. Um, department needed was mostly as orderly so that's what I'm doing uh, but I'm doing also a little bit of nurse task you know uh, handing out medication uh, making sure the, the patient are all right I, I'm working in a, in a long-term care facility right now 
So, you know, the, the, the average uh, patient is probably like closer to 80 years old. So it's a totally different mindset. Uh, I haven't really been exposed to a lot of geriatric patients uh, throughout my, my medical uh, studies. So, so it's, it's really a different mindset. And, and in that time of crisis, you know, there's just so many uh, extra steps you got to do, you know, uh, in order to protect yourself, but also protect your patients. So, you know, we're, we're wearing like our visor and our mask, like all day long during the whole shift, uh, washing your hands. And, and there's just so many precautionary measures in place in order to protect both you and the patient uh, that it just make everything heavier in terms of tasks. And that's why they need so many people. Yes, there's, there's a lot of medical uh, professionals that have been sick from COVID or are in quarantine right now, but there's also just more work to do on every floor. So that's why they need people. And that's why I'm here right now. Uh, let's go to Seren. Seren, go ahead. Uh, Larry, thank you for the time. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, number one, I, I want to be specific. Do you fear the virus, you know, personally? I mean, is there, is there genuine fear of it? Because as Adam said, you know, you are increasing your, your uh, potential exposure. And then as a follow-up, I know you're talking about trying to be involved in all the virtual meetings and everything that the Chiefs are doing, but uh, obviously to maintain the kind of strength and size you need to play offensive line in the NFL, I would think takes a lot of working out. Are, are you able to actually uh, get the workout in to, to be prepared to play football again? Two different questions, but uh, I'll try to do my best to answer it. I mean, um, you, you know, this is uh, – I think everybody's concerned. Everybody's kind of scared a little bit. But but at the end of the day, you know, I, I got my training for, for proper PPE uh, – measure and usage which which was really important for me you know just refreshing like how to put the gown how to put a visor how to wash everything and, and you know putting in place kind of a process that makes you feel safe you know and, and for me that process was i have an, an empty apartment in montreal that i use kind of, kind of as, as a transitional zone so i go back home uh to that apartment it's empty i just uh, throw everything in the washer wash it with special soap take my shower and everything and then go home in order to like try to protect my girlfriend as well, who's, uh, who's back home. And I don't want her to get sick either, you know? So of course there are risks, but at the end of the day, I think you got to look at, you know, from a community standpoint, having you know, like young fit individual working in at risk and in, in an at risk environment with the best protective gear possible. I think it's the, the best way to, to fight this thing. And that's why I, I want to contribute. And, uh, I don't know what was the other question. Oh yeah. The virtual workout thing, you know, uh, I think it's something I'm used to, you know, doing both. Uh, for the past four years, I've been doing medical school during the off-season, working in hospitals with different shifts, different responsibilities. So uh, I'm, I'm used to, like, stay in shape, and, and I think the coach are trusting me, and, and I try to be accountable to the team as much as I can. Uh, I actually set up, like, a pretty nice uh, little gym in my uh, garage, so I, I do the best I can. But you're right, you know, as an offensive lineman, you got to put those those plates on your back and squat in, in order to stay in shape. And with all the gyms closed, it's a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, uh, the strength and conditioning staff in Kansas City are doing an amazing job, you know, sending us workout. And I, I communicate with Barry on a weekly basis, you know, saying, sending him, like, what do I have in terms of equipment? And then he's sending me, like, workout. And everything is kind of personalized uh, according to every player's uh, ability to have access to uh, dumbbell rack bars and stuff. And it's uh, – it's, it's for sure a challenging time, but at the end of the day, I think we're doing an amazing job with that. Uh, okay, Harold Coots. Go ahead, Harold. All right. Hey, LDT. Hope you're doing good, man. Hey, just uh, overall, how hectic has it been for you at the uh, hospital you've been at? And then 
when did you kind of get the feeling that things were getting a lot more serious than maybe, you know, people have perceived in, in, in media or just what you've seen out there on the front lines? And also, how many players have reached out to you about, you know, what's going on and what they can do? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, crazy enough for me, the first time I, I actually was confronted to the coronavirus was at the Super Bowl when a reporter actually asked me what I thought about it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to go play, you know, the biggest game of my life. And uh, I'm not really focusing on that right now. And, and crazy enough, you know, three months later, the whole like half of the planet is in quarantine and uh, and, and it's a pandemic. So uh, it, it's crazy how things have evolved over the course of the last few months. And uh, and for me, I think, you know, I got back from a trip and, and and when I got back home, I was put in isolation because I was coming from an at-risk area. And then uh, I think it's kind of at that point that I realized that things were really serious. And then you see like the NBA and the NHL shutting down school closure and all that stuff. So um, for, for me at that point, I, I reached out to the health ministry and the faculty of medicine at McGill. And I was like, how can I help? You know, how can I be useful? And uh, at the beginning, my job was mostly to kind of like promote all the new measure in place from a public health standpoint in order to make the community as safe as possible, you know, with the social distancing and all that stuff. Uh, but at some point, the, 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 there was like a shortage of people in long-term care facility, and, uh, and and I kind of proposed myself to go work. And you know, the, of course, you know, it's it's one thing to be like I want to go work, but when you actually get the the date of your first shift and everything, that's kind of when the, everything hits you, and you're like, okay, how, how am I going to protect myself? How am I going to, you know, manage that with football and everything? And the Chiefs have been amazing. You know, I reach out to Coach Reed and, and the front office to see like are you guys okay with me going to the, the front line? And everybody was really supportive and understand. I think that um, there, there's something a little bit bigger than football that's happening right now. And if I can contribute, I think I should. Uh, let's go to Greg Eklund. Go ahead, Greg. Oops. Greg, can you hear us? All right. How, okay. how, how are we doing now? We got you now, okay. Greg. All right. Coming off the Super Bowl championship, did that um, uh, put you in a position to reassess where you are with your professional football career and where you want to go with your medical career? How many more years do you want to play professional football? I mean, I, I don't have the answer to you exactly in terms of how many years. I think that uh, there's some parameter and things that I got to look at from a medical standpoint just to make sure that I can still do my residency training once I'm done football and I don't have to restart everything. It's such a unique case that I don't have like the, the exact answer. Uh, but what I know is that I'm excited to go back to Kansas City and that's why I, I renegotiate my contract in order to make sure I stay there. All right, guys, we've got three more questions on the docket here and then we're going to let Larry go. Uh, Harold, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I wasn't up. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> you're not up? Oh, your hands up. All right, let's go to Adam. Adam, go ahead. Hey, uh, Larry, just really quick, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Just what, what does your daily schedule look like? How are you balancing um, your doctor duties and how are you balancing the Chiefs workouts? What, what is what is your daily workout uh, or as far as just when you get up, what are you doing from the hospital and then working with the Chiefs? Uh, you know, I work on schedule with my, uh, my O-line coach, Kochek. Uh, to make sure that I can uh, uh, be there for as many virtual workouts as possible. The work, those workouts are four days a week right now. So I try to be there for at least two of those. And then I try to like do more shift maybe on the weekend and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's um, as a medical student, the, the day are really, really long. 
Um, and, and now the day are a little bit shorter. You know, I wake up around like uh, 5.30 and, and, and I'm done around like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So the day are like shorter, and, and but I, I, but it's it's hard to work out. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to like go back home, you know, after you take that shower and, and, and change into your like fresh clothes and you're not, you know, wearing your, your visor and all that stuff and then, you know, go hit the, the squat rack. But I, but I think it's important to do it. And uh, and I think those virtual workouts, to a certain extent, kind of like remind you, you know, football is just around the corner. And yes, there's a lot of uncertainty and we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but um, it's just around the corner. And as a professional athlete, you got to stay ready. So, uh, you know, talking with the guys and just stay, staying up to speed, watching some film, I think it's just like keep me in the loop and, and keep my focus also on training to make sure I can hit the ground running when I get back to Kansas City. Okay, let's go to Seren. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Larry, the, Coach Reed talked a lot about uh, how he thinks the offense has a lot more potential. And I know even after at the end of the Super Bowl, he was talking about, you know, the, the ideas he had for where to take the offense. Uh, how, how much do you think that, uh, you know, maybe has to gear down because you guys can't get on the field, can't go through it, and you're just doing it virtually? Uh, do, do, you, do you get a sense that, uh, you know, maybe everybody's just kind of bringing back what they did last year? Or can you actually expand if you guys can't get together and have a real practice? I, I think thinking that Coach Reed is just going to do whatever he did last year is really underestimating him. You know, he's going to he's going to come up with some stuff. And from day one of the virtual workout, we kind of hit on what worked last year, what didn't work and where we want to be as an offense next year. So uh, we're already in the process of learning new stuff. And, uh, and, and I think that's what made Coach Reed such a great coach. All right. BJ Kissel, you want to close us out? Sure. Larry, I just want to ask because – and just give you an opportunity to speak to, to Chiefs fans who want to make sure that, that you guys aren't complacent after winning the Super Bowl and that, that desire to get back there and win another one uh, is still every bit as, you know, as important as it was the first time. Just, you know, what's your kind of mindset and what sense did you get from your teammates both around the time of the parade and all that uh, and just from speaking with them after um, lately that, that that desire and that, that fire to get back there and continue building this thing forward uh, is still there uh, alive and well. I mean, it go without saying, you know, we're, we're a great franchise, a great team, and we were able to accomplish great thing last year. Uh, and and the, the, the awesome thing is that we, we kind of keep the same core, same coaching staff, same player, and, and we're going to go do that thing one more time. And, and you know, yes, after after the Super Bowl, there, there, there's the parade, there's like a bunch of uh, interview and, and festivity and opportunity. But for me personally, you know, after two weeks, I, I kind of took like a, a little bit of a break. I went on a, on a trip with my girlfriend and that was yes to take some time to chill, but also kind of like to regroup, focus, digest whatever happened, and now you know focus on next year, the 2020 season. And it's not a process that start uh, in the fall when training camp hits. It's something that start you know in March and February. And 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 uh, and yes, we went all the way through this year, but I, I think it just gave us like even uh, more kind of uh, will to 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 pursue that project of doing it one more time. That will do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Bickett. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands. It's a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. Come on. That's a good deal. But here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. You get sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole shebang. 
You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues. Gosh, I told you earlier about Vahe's column coming up on Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Great stuff. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. In either case, the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're supporting local journalism and helping us deliver products like Sports BKC, which, by the way, we'll be back on Monday because we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Mm-hmm.